We Are Doll Nation podcast reports and opinions are not those of UGA. This is not yet an official podcast of the University of Georgia. This is the International We Are Dog Nation podcast. I'm your host, Nation, and that is short for Dog Nation. And I can't think of a better way to start off this podcast with 47 days left until kickoff. 47 days left until we go into Nashville, Tennessee, and Curve Stomp, those Vanderbilt Commodores. With number 47, David Pollock on that unbelievable play. Many years ago, seemed like yesterday, it was, that was just an awesome, awesome play. A play that's going to live on in Georgia football history for a very, very long time. One of the great Georgia players of all time. I remember uh, David Pollock was saying that the offensive tackle had told him before the game, you know, you know, when they started the game up, I'm going to make you my punk today. He didn't say punk, so you kind of can guess what he really told him. This is a very family-friendly show, so use your imagination what he really told him. And so that day, David had, of course, he had a touchdown. He had a sack. I mean, he really whooped that offensive tackle behind all day long. And he told that offensive tackle at the end of the, at the, end of the game, I just love being your pop. <laughs> oh, man. What a beautiful moment. What a beautiful moment. Okay, so before I uh, forget, um, I think I mentioned this in the last podcast. If I didn't, I'm going to mention it now. Hopefully, if, no, history, history repeats itself. On the Kirby Smart, we will have open practice and the fan day, August 3rd. Don't quote me on it. I just know last year was August 4th. I think the year before that, it was the first uh, Saturday as well. And uh, hopefully... That'll, that'll be it. Cause I'm, I'm pretty sure because if he does it that way, because I know after the first Saturday, those next following Saturdays, those are the scrimmage days. So I'm thinking that it should be August 3rd. I haven't got official word yet on it, but uh, I hope that would be the case. So we'll see. But mo- the moment I find out um, and everything's a go, I'll put on social media, I'll put it on you know Twitter and Facebook and stuff like that. Speaking of Twitter, Speaking of Twitter, every day what I do on Twitter, I post, you know, how many days left it is to kickoff, right? And so, but I use a player of either current player or a former player, and I post it on Facebook and Twitter. And like today, for example, today is 47 days. So I posted uh, Terrence Edwards, excuse me, I'm sorry, Robert Edwards, and I posted David Pollock, both of them 47. And so, 
you wouldn't believe who has the most. I, I watch the hits and the likes and the, re, the retweets and stuff like that, right? You wouldn't believe who has the most retweets and likes so far. I mean, it ain't over yet. I still got 40, 46 more posts to do. But uh, Rodrigo Blankenship has the most. Respect the specs, man. <laughs> that guy is going to go down in history as one of the most popular players. Not just popular kickers. One of the most popular players in Georgia history. One of the best in my opinion, the best kicker in the nation and a future uh, future uh, NFL player at that. So, it's just that's all kind of funny. But, also today starts SEC Media Days. Tomorrow, uh, Kirby Smarts takes the field. Well, the, the podium, excuse me. He's bringing along GRE, Jake Fromm, Andrew Thomas, and that's really interesting. I know you can get a lot of questions. Probably get some white questions. And expectations and stuff. So I'm really anxious to hear. Uh, looking forward to hearing what Kirby Smart has to say uh, leading into this season here. Um, so we'll see what's what. So got to let you guys know about that. All right. But man, you know what? As, as you can see in the title, as you can see in the title, it's, it says Jake Fromm last year, question mark, question mark. And I, I would love Jake to stay all four years, but. Realistically, I don't think it's gonna happen. Um, he's projected to be a first round draft pick. I just, I just remember the process of following Jake Fromm and like I do all, all, all the other players. It's amazing how you see players grow up before your very eyes. I mean, it seemed like yesterday I heard about Jake Fromm decommit from Alabama and then later on committing to UGA in the class of 17. And you know, it's good to have a good quarterback. And I heard how good he was, but at that time we had Jacob Eason. And so my focus wasn't really so much on Jake being a future because, you know, Jacob Eason just came off his freshman year. And so I started hearing stuff, especially on the All-Star game, um, how he thought they gave him a playbook in the first, when the first 24 hours to get in that playbook at the All-Star game. He found a mistake that a five-time state winning championship coach had made. And I'm like, Wow. That's that's pretty impressive. And I remember his his high school coach saying that if he had the opportunity to hire office coordinator tomorrow, if he could, he would hire Jake Fromm. I said, okay, is he kind of just, you know, selling this kid or is he is he serious? Is, is he is he that good? And man, he he I see what the coach's talking about now. I think we all see. You know, he first he got he got to Georgia, uh, which an all-star game. Started as a four-star, got bumped up to a five-star, was named the starting captain, the starting quarterback, and the captain of the All-Star game. That's okay. That's a lot. And he gets leads there, leads San Antonio at the All-Star game, goes asses Georgia, gets off the plane, grab all the wide receiver phone numbers, say, "I need to throw to you guys when I call you, and when I, if you can't if you can't come when I call you, you, you need to let me know why." I said, "Oh." Oh, this guy, this young guy is on fire. And then I saw him in the spring game. I'm like, okay, he looks pretty good. I mean, I, guess, I know he gets going against number twos then, but like he looks pretty good. And so when Jake went down, when, when uh, Jacob went down with an injury in the game one against Appalachian State, I had no worries. I said, Jay Farm Tom, you take it over. We good. And I remember like the, the next week, I ran to a Georgia Tech fan saying, you know, uh, we, we in trouble now because, you know, our starting quarterback hurt. You only, you only got that freshman in there. I said, watch what happened with Jake Fromm. And I just thought we'd have a good season. And I know we could come an eyelash short, shy 
uh, winning that championship that year. That was that was just a marvelous year. And I just believe that this year here, um, I don't know. I, I just see it, man. I just really believe it. I really believe winning all this year. I, I excuse me, undefeated, going into the playoffs undefeated. And once we get there, I think the determination and the desire and the hunger from the team is going to take over this time. I mean, the, the timing is right. The timing is right. And like, I just think uh, hopefully Jake, when he leaves after this season here, he'll be leaving as a national champion. So I just, I just don't see him coming back 2020. It's just amazing how how time flies. You know, uh, I mean, he has caught the, the, the NFL attention, you know. At first, it's all about two of Tonga Valoa. You know, first pick overall, right? Mm-mm, not anymore. A lot of people are saying Jake Fromm, first pick overall. They he, they they want to pick they want to pick him first overall. Uh, Matt Miller, who's, uh, one of the NFL analysts, was saying that you know he believes if you if he talking about NFL teams that if you're an NFL team and you are now in win red win now mode, draft Jake Fromm. Uh, Trenton Dilfer and Jordan Palmer was talking about how how amazed that they were that and what good job he did by keeping Justin Fields on the bench last year and when I first heard that you know a while back I was like, oh, that's pretty good yeah that, that, was really, that was really good because Justin very talented now I kind of I'm not trying to dog him because he transferred but when I went back and looked at the highlights I was like you know he's fast and I thought you know maybe Bama have problems with, with a dual threat quarterback but He's fast and all, but he was not as good as I thought he was. Got a little more, a little more sober and thought after I saw some highlights, you know, last year, like a lot of us do. Like a lot of us go back and watch the games from previous seasons and get us ready for the season coming up. Cause I tell you that that itch and that that desire to see college football, July man, it gets stronger and stronger and stronger. So, but hey, we are a month, we're like a month and a half away now from kickoff. So, hey. It is almost here. And um, then I also found out that you know, Kirk, look, look, Kirby is not he's pulling all the stops. I love what he's doing in UGA. He he put together a leadership team of Jake Fromm, Andrew Thomas, uh, Solomon Kenley, JRE, Eric Stokes, who I didn't know Eric Stokes led the nation last year after coming in and taking over starting quarterback. I didn't know Eric Stokes led the nation last year. And percentage breakup and percentage breakup passes. Oh, okay, okay, okay. He's gonna. Re- I think he's really gonna ball out this year. But also, uh, Richard Count and DeAndre Swift was down there in Florida. When they would see a brain trainer, it'll and for all the leaders and and you know you can have great talent on your team, but if you don't have great leaders, you know your team cannot maximize their full potential, and so. I think, I think we got some great leadership. I mean, I think Jake, Jake is probably one of the greatest leaders we ever had at UGA. Uh, the respect and the command he has of that, uh, that team. And it's, it's I think it's amazing. I think it's flat out amazing. And uh, I think he's very, very special. And I can't believe his last, it's the potential his last year. Man, how time flies. That is really crazy. Also, a lot of news here. DeAndre Swift. There's one person, Chris Doran, who believes DeAndre Swift will win the Heisman. Let me tell you something. DeAndre Swift will come out like 1,400 rushing yards and maybe like 400 passing yards, receiving yards, and get the Heisman. 
along with everything else that's going on with that team. Man, ooh, wow. Imagine that for a second. Just imagine that for a second. DeAndre Swift, Hoffman Trophy. Or, hey, maybe Drake Fromm. But let's say, let's say DeAndre Swift, Hoffman Trophy. SEC champions and national champions all in the same year. Ooh. But you know what? They can have the Heisman. Give us the SEC championship and give us the national championship, and we'll all be fine. We'll all be just happy. <laughs> so, coming up, excuse me, coming up, I'm going to give you my list of second-year players who I believe going to bust on the scene. And it's, it's funny because back in the day, it used to be where, okay, you had two or three players that you kind of had your eye on. We got so much talent now, UGA. It's like, I know for myself, sometimes I forget all the talent we have. Like, man, I forgot we had that guy. I forgot we have that guy. So I'm going to talk about some of the, ne- the upcoming talent and the new kids on the block. And you do not, you, trust me, you do not want to miss my dummy of the moment. Who, he might be the biggest one yet. Uh, wait till you hear this. Coming up next, don't go anywhere with the international We Are Dog Nation podcast. And we are back with the We Are Dog Nation podcast. And I got my list of players who I expect to jump up big time in their second year, being the second year on the field or being the second year in the system. And then I got my newcomers on the block who I think will add great value to this team this year on this 2019 NCAA College Football Championship run. So here we go. First and foremost, I am so ready and so hoping this young man stay healthy. Because I really believe he's going to be the number one reason why Brian Harrion does not get 1,000 yards. Not because Brian Harrion is not talented enough, but I just believe that Zamir White, Zeus is going to cut into that playing time, man, and just take over and get some very, very good snaps. So we should see. Like I said, you know, he was on social media earlier, running, cutting, doing drills in the sand. Looking real healthy, looking real ready. So, I can't wait. I can't wait to see the first touchdown. I can't wait to see or hear the crowd go, Zeus! When he gets to the San Francisco Stadium, I, it's going to be a wonderful, wonderful moment. Then, you got Aziz Ojolari. Aziz Ojolari, towards ACL in high school, came in, rehab, all that good stuff. The most impressive thing I said before on one of the previous podcasts a while back. One of the most press- impressive things about Aziz Ojolari, as, 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 as well as Devon Wilson, you take, take your ACL early, you rehab, you come back, and you play in the bowl game. You play in the Sugar Bowl. You're trusted to play in the Sugar Bowl. That says a lot. So I'm really looking forward to the jumps and the improvements that he's made uh, here this spring and coming up this summer. Then Devon Wilson, he tore his ACL the third day of spring practice last year. Rehab, came back, and played in the bowl game and made some great plays. I really believe, I mean, ordinarily, it's Tyreek McGee who is the starting nickel uh, cornerback. I don't 
see Tyreek starting that position this year. I'll be I'll be kind of I'll be kind of maybe I won't say shocked, but kind of I don't know. I just really expect Devon Wilson to take over that spot because he's if you're competing on your third day last year to be that starter for the knuckleback position, I can only imagine what you're gonna do this year after all this time out after all this training. So <laughs> it's gonna be very interesting with Devon Wilson. You got Brenton Cox. Now Brenton Cox has a good moments, has some bad moments, kind of stroke containment a little bit here and there of last season, but hey, he made it through the season. Tried, tested, has ups and downs. But I'm looking to make a very big jump. Cause once you get used to the speed of the SEC, the speed of college football, and you get comfortable and you're and you work your behind off and no talents are there, oh yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, you can look at Roquan Smith. Roquan Smith, you know, his first year, he wasn't making that much noise. It was the second year he started coming on. And we all know he did a third year. Mr. Unstoppable. Speaking of uh, five-star linebackers, Adam Anderson. He's another one. He's still a little light. Kind of reminds me of Floyd. Um, again, another year in the system. Talented. Working hard. Still got about probably another 25 more pounds he need to add on. And hopefully he'll get there over time. But, yo, going to be dangerous. Tyson Campbell started a lot. Like I said, last podcast, Tyson Campbell didn't go to spring practice. He came in in the summer and still started game one. And had some ups and downs, lost his job a little bit, had a little, a little, a little shoulder injury. Well, did it, I think he had a great spring. And now he's there training now and get ready for summer camp again. And, or fall camp, how you want to call it. Come up here pretty soon. He's another one. Uh, Eric Stokes. Who did excellent last year filling in and starting? Well, I didn't know about Eric Stokes. He led the nation um, in pass percentage breakups. So I'm like, okay, you got a full year. You're gonna you're gonna do here. And both those cornerbacks, both uh, Tyson Campbell and um, Eric Stokes, legit laser time four three forty guys. So the chances of getting burnt. And beat on plays, uh, if they stay disciplined, it's gonna be very hard. It'll be, it's, it'll be amazing to see if they both can shut down both sides of the field. So I'm really looking forward to that. <clears throat> James Cook. Now, in, t- in 2017, you had a three headed monster, kind of. You know, you had Sony and you had Nick, right? Then, then Swift will come in. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Somehow, you got to get James Cook involved. His ankle surgery, he's all healed up. Speed is there. He's another legit 4-3-40 guy. Who's who's great great also at receiving. So, it's it's a lot of footballs to go around in that backfield. A lot of footballs to go around to wide receivers. Like I said, James Coley, biggest, uh, biggest, biggest challenge should be how do I balance out this football and get it in multiple ways, so many ways that can't nobody stop us? I mean, it's going to really test to see what type of coordinator he's going to turn out to be because the talent is overflowing. Seriously, man. Overflowing. Kyrus Jackson, who's been training his behind off boxing lessons, balancing drills, catching drills, catching the ball while balancing. 
yo, with the with the departure of Jeremiah Holloman, that kid ready to step up getting that getting that slot position. And he's and he's one of the strongest wide receivers we have. He's also very physical. I look him to make some noise, even on special teams, um, possibly. You got Trey Hill. I think a lot about Trey Hill. You know, he filled in for Lamont Gilliard. He was number two guard in the country coming out of high school. Uh, I have no doubt he can go. He can do very well at center. But the thing that makes me even more excited about uh, Trey Hill, him and Jake from high school teammates. That that chemistry is there, and to see that to see that chemistry on the field this year, it's gonna be something special. Big Jordan Davis, great freshman year. Again, more comfortable, used to the game, kept his weight down. Get, get ready to go to his second summer practice in Athens, Georgia. Used to the heat. Yo, I'm ready to see what big Jordan Davis in that middle going to do. Disrupt some stuff. Then, last but not least on my list, no particular order, you got D-Rob, who had an excellent spring. The former number one receiver in the country in 2016. When the Cal, transferred to Georgia, you know, had to get used to the SEC play, used to the physicality of it. But I heard that a great spring, man. I'm so anxious to see what uh, D-Raw going to do. And I would not be surprised, and I'm, I know he might be saying a lot, I would not be surprised if he takes over exactly where Nicole Hartman left off. But maybe, just maybe, even taking to another level. Because you got to remember, even though Nicole Hartman's very good, he was a second-round draft pick. I wish he came back. But, hey, you know, NFL's calling you a high draft pick. McCall only played two seasons a wide receiver. He was an athlete come out of high school. Option quarterback. So, looking for a big job for D-Rob. Now, oh, so the newcomers. You got Dominic Blaylock, wide receiver. Former five-star, borderline five-star, uh, high-end four-star. I look for him to get in the return game, mix in the return game. Every time I watch Dominic Blaylock, that kid's tough. I mean, he's a real baller. And I know it's high school and college, you got different talent level, but even when he was, even when at the All Star game, he showed up in the All Star game. I think he he scored. He caught two touchdown passes, and he uh, ended up um, throwing a touchdown pass on like a reverse play. And I, I know we lost, you know. Jaden Hazelwood, he went to, he decommitted and ended up going to Oklahoma. And again, I'm not trying to hate. I just always thought that watching Jaden play and watching Dominic play, I always thought Dominic Blaylock was the better, the better wide receiver. So, I, I, I think uh, he's another one will be very hard to keep off that field. I do see him get some very quality playing time. I can't wait to see him out there. George Pickens, big time 6'4 wide receiver out of, out of, um, Alabama, five-star wide receiver. Hey, he's tough, physical. He's another one gets a good, good playing time. Who knows? Maybe I'm gonna start it. It's anybody's game with Kirby. He'll he gonna play the best players. And wide receiver one of position where you can come in and do some start and quality playing time as a freshman. A whole lot easier would be to do like other positions like quarterback. Jermaine Johnson, number one Juco player in the country. Outside linebacker. You know, 
The word is he's so talented that he might be one and done in Athens. So if he's that talented, well, he's one and done in Athens, Georgia, that means he's potential first-round draft pick quality. So if you get all the other talented linebackers we have on the defense, mixed in with Jermaine Johnson, man, nobody might hardly score on us. Then you got no one playing in the country with Nola Smith, who I'm so excited to see. I have a lot of great things to say about this young man. Went through spring, had a great spring. Then you're going to go to fall practice. Man, 47 days. Sorry, y'all, 47 days. Can't get here fast enough. I mean, it's going, it's coming, but it can. If I can push the fast forward button on 47 days, it's August 31st at 7.30. Yeah, yeah, I'll do that. Um, <laughs> Nicole Dean, number one inside linebacker. Now, hit. Interesting enough, somebody predicted Nicole Dean to have like 85 tackles. I'm like, 85 tackles? That means you're going to be playing a lot. And he's been, he's been uh, compared to um, um, Roquan Smith, like legit. No, you know, and oh, he did well in the springtime too as well. So, and with that middle linebacker court, along with Chan Nintendo and along with Tay Crowder and, and Monty Rice, if he breaks his, he breaks his starting lineup or gets a very quality playing time, that's going to be very, very impressive as well because you got some guys and take Crowder, Monty Rice, who are hungry. And and take Crowder works his behind off to come become the starter. And so that's not something he's trying to let go easy. But then again, if the Kobe's more talented and more sound, hey, it is what it is. And then last on least for newcomers, Trevon Walker coming in this summer, defensive tackle, like 6'5, 6'6, 295. Very anxious to see what he's gonna do. At a defensive tackle spot. Um, Bill Norton. What's see what he's going to do? Quality playing time. He's going to get in. Bit 6'6", six, six, uh, defensive end. So, but there's always somebody, it seems like every year, that kind of surprises us. So, my eyes be wide open like everybody else's to see who's up next, who, who's, who's going to make the next big jump. So, I'm, I'm just, I mean, like I said, 47 days. Can't get here fast enough. But before I get into my dummy of the moment, I got to go my runner-up. Because at first I thought, you know, name Nick Saban as my dummy of the moment. But somebody came along and just blew it out the water. I was going to name Nick Saban because he was he's trying to flip a couple out of 2020 commits in Zier Stackhouse and Jamil Burrs. And... The pitch that he's selling to them and try getting them to flip from Bama from, from Georgia to Bama is that he says, well, do you want a 50% chance of going to the pros or do you want a 20% chance of going to the pros? And I wish I could have been inside their minds, inside their bodies at that point in time because I would have responded very well. Because here's the thing. How are you going to say that? This the junior class Jake well, that Jake Fromm's in right now. This is the first class that Kirby Smart recruited all by himself. The senior class, I believe, you have eight players still left that Coach Rick uh, recruited. I mean, Kirby only had like six weeks from the end of 2015 and the 2016 where he recruited. 
This is the first class that's eligible to go pro. So how in the world do you say 20 to 50% chance? You don't know the chances yet, Nikki. You don't know the chance, chances yet, little Nikki, because you haven't enough time yet. Now, this has been 8 to 10 years. Then you can say 50% chance or 20% chance or 30% chance. You don't know. Nice try, Nikki, because the Zero Stack has already told you, hey, I'm not going anywhere unless Bama flip. I mean, unless Kirby uh, goes somewhere else. Right now, he's solid. Jamil Burns, not quite so. He might seem kind of a little iffy right now. He did kind of, he put a quote on uh, on uh, his social media, on Twitter, saying decisions, decisions. Hold on, Jamil. Just hold on. Because this season here is going to show you that you made the right decision. It made, you made the right decision, young man. But anyway. This dumb in the moment right now. I, I I might do an awards at the end, at the end of the year. And I'm, well, I'm doing awards at the end of the year as far as different categories. But I might add the dumbest of the year for the moment. Or the dumbest for the moment award. I don't. Right now, he's a front runner for the dumbest of the year award. I don't think we get any dumber than this. It's, it's going to be very, very hard to top this. Colin Coward. I'm going to let you hear it for yourself. In his own voice. This was laughable, to say the least. Let me pull it on up here. You're not going to believe this. Alabama does not make the Final Four playoff. Schedule really, really tough. The toughest schedule Nick Saban has ever had. Number four. My surprise team in the country is Tennessee. Schedule easy early and easy late. Workable schedule, returning starting quarterback, momentum and returning starters. Tennessee will play in the final four. Number five. Number four. Okay. The next clip you're going to hear is Colin Coward, but he's talking about 2016. Okay. So this is not the same clip played back to back. This is Colin Coward on two different occasions picking Tennessee. As a favorite for the final four. All right, here we go. My surprise team in the country is Tennessee. Schedule easy early and easy late. They get to host Alabama. A lot of momentum. They'll be favored in every game except Alabama, and I've checked. It's a one and a half point spread. Quarterback Josh Dobbs, returning starter, 15 TDs, also ran for 11, 60% completion rate. Returning starters. Two different clips. One this year and from 16. I gotta address something real quick. He said <laughs> this is the toughest schedule Alabama has ever had under Nick Saban. Well, Colin, Colin, come here, Colin. Who or what have you been listening to? What are you seeing? 
Let me run down Alabama cupcake schedule. Here we go. In this order. Duke. Oh, yeah, that's a challenge. New Mexico State. South Carolina. Southern Mississippi. Ole Miss. Texas A&M. Tennessee. Arkansas. LSU. Mississippi State. Western Carolina. And then Auburn. How do you figure? The toughest game I see Alabama having, Alabama having is LSU. But they beat them so many times in a row, I think it's inside their head. And I just, you know, they might have a chance to knock them off. We'll see. But really, really, with, play, with the teams like Duke, Mexico State, Southern Miss, Western Carolina, this is as tough a schedule they ever had. Colin Coward, go slap yourself, you big dummy. <coughs> anyway, anyway, this has been the We Are Donation Podcast. Thank you. If this is your very first time um, coming to the podcast, thank you for listening. Please come back. Listen to other podcasts. You can find me on Apple and Spotify and many other different uh, um, places. Uh, if you haven't already, follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and We Are Doll Nation. If you are returning, once again, I cannot thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Uh, all, all you great doll fans out there, I just love doing this. Then I come to find out there's been another country added that I have listeners in. So already the most most of the listeners come right here in the great old USA. But I got listen we got listeners in France, Sweden, Canada, United Kingdom, now Brazil, that's the newest country, Mexico, Dominican Republic, and Australia. So I really, 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 really appreciate you guys with all my heart. Thank you so much. And I'm going to leave out with a little something different. Normally I leave out with something about the Red Cold Band playing. But I love Blake Shelton's song, God's Country. And what's, what's said around Athens, Georgia, and the Bulldog Nation, that Athens, Georgia, which you can't tell me different, Athens, Georgia is God's country. And I think that song is so accurate uh, about Georgia Bulldogs. Um... I mean, I mean, every time I listen to it, I, I hear and I, and I visualize Athens, Georgia. So I'm going to end out with that song. But until next time, you guys, I do plan on doing another podcast. Hopefully, we'll have a, um, the open practice in the fan day, August 3rd. And if so, I will be doing a podcast the very next following day. But once you know, practice gets started, probably come at you a couple more times with the podcast leading up to the season. Of course, when the season starts, I do a recap every single game. But once again, thank you so much. Until next time, love you, God. God bless you, you and your family. But until next time, have a great Bulldog Day. Have a great Bulldog Week. Have a great Bulldog Month. And it's great to be a Georgia Bulldog. And as always, go dogs. Sick them. I'm out. Till next time. Y'all be good.